Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more, right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20. Hey, what's up, Astro fans? I got something special for you before we start the show. If you go to CrushCityTees.com and enter the code SUNDAY, you can get 50% off apparel. That's CrushCityTees.com. Use the code SUNDAY to get 50% off of your Astros apparel. Welcome to Astros Baseball, a podcast by a fan. For the fans of the Houston Astros, here is your host, Rob Fontenot. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Astros Baseball. Today I am joined by John Bonus. He is from uh, the Twins Daily and also uh, one half of the uh, podcast Gleeman. And the geek covering the Minnesota Twins, John. Uh, appreciate you coming on tonight. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about the week. So tell me a little bit about Twins Daily before we get going. Uh, Twins Daily is a website, uh, TwinsDaily.com. We founded in 2012. It was uh, me and a number of bloggers that came together. We've been blogging for a while. Came together, and now it's uh, become a, a pretty uh, uh, probably 20 writers uh, covering the Twins. Uh, several stories a day. Uh, something like uh, 150,000 visitors a month and uh, 12 million pages a year. So uh, it's become uh, it's become a real enterprise. And then uh, and then Gleeman the Geek is a podcast I do with Aaron Gleeman. And uh, we um, during the during the uh, season we also do the show do a show on KFAN, which is the uh, local sports station here in Minneapolis. So it must be pretty fun. Uh, doing a podcast and or covering the twins with back-to-back uh, central titles they did when that is true right no uh, that is true that they have back-to-back central titles uh the problem is, is that we started both the podcast and twins daily in 2012 <laughs> oh so, so you had some so 10 years so, we, so we've had uh, we've had lots of time to build up credibility <laughs> by writing about a team that was just brutally, brutally bad for, you know, seven or eight years. So, Okay. So just for the, the Astro fans listening right now, uh, we, we finished the four game series with the Rangers and I believe they won three, three games out of four and Saturday and Sunday, I, I didn't even watch the games. I mean, they didn't care about winning. I didn't care about watching it. You know, I was outside playing catch with the grandkid. Sure. And the Astros finished 29 and 31. I thought they were the only team that made the playoffs with a losing record, but Milwaukee also made it. And and so the Astros will face Minnesota tomorrow. And that is why I got John Bonus on tonight, because I know nothing about Minnesota. I know nothing about I really don't know anything about any teams except the ones we play. So I brought them on tonight so we could learn a little bit about it i wanted to know what players 
we need to look for, and maybe I can help him out and tell him sure. what to look for. That's a good idea. So just a just a note for another one for the fans. We got Maldonado was injured, but he's going to come back. Josh James is also a back. And Dusty said he will work on the 28-man roster tonight, and it will be ready tomorrow. But most of you guys will probably be listening to this on Tuesday when the game. And the game is on uh, ABC? That is correct. Baseball, uh, 1 o'clock tomorrow on ABC, and then the Wednesday game is at noon on ABC. I had saw a tweet or something that it's been X amount of years since ABC has shown an MLB playoff game. Yeah, I don't, I, you know, I, I have trouble. I don't guess I haven't really tracked that very much, but that sounds about right to me. They don't sit, they, they're not one of the teams that I think uh, that I associate with, oh, we've got to find a game on ABC. So it's, it may have been quite a while. Yeah, that, I, I look at ABC as like uh, maybe college college uh football and then it used to used it used to be monday night football in the old days when we were growing up me and john talked a little bit before we we got on air here and i think he's got me by four or five years uh but anyway let's go to the twins one note that i did have here is one of your best hitters and let me know if i'm wrong is nelson cruz and this is somebody i actually wanted us to get last year but it what but things ended up well for us because we had Jordan Alvarez and he sure. turned out to be rookie of the year. But he was one for ten against the Reds, and you guys lost the series two games to one. So two questions for you. Are you worried about Nelson Cruz? And are you worried about losing to the Reds in that final series? I'm not so worried about losing to the Reds. Um, I will I am worried about Nelson Cruz. I'm worried about a lot of the guys in the twins lineup. Uh, there's the Twins are a banged-up team right now, uh, and especially offensively, they're banged up. They've been a banged-up team the entire season, 60-game season. The starting pitching has gotten healthy, but the starting lineup has uh, is hurt in a lot of ways. Um, you mentioned Nelson Cruz; uh, he's been playing, but we think he's got a, a bad back or something. Uh, he has not been hitting uh, for really the last three weeks. Uh, Miguel Sano, who's another slugger who can absolutely carry this team and did it in various parts, has also been struggling for about the last three to four weeks. The question is whether or not he's, he was held out of some games with a stiff neck and hasn't really performed since. Uh, you mentioned Maldonado, our catching core. Uh, you know, we had Mitch, uh, a guy named Mitch Garver, who's a real, had an unbelievable year last year as a right handed hitting catcher. Uh, he uh, was bad early in the year. Then he was hurt throughout the middle of the year. He just came back last week, and he still hasn't really found it. Uh, we had, during the Red Series, Josh Donaldson leave a game, uh, who's the uh, you know the former MVP uh, third baseman from uh, uh, Blue Jays and Braves. Uh, he ended up uh, pulling a calf, and it, that's a recurring injury for him that's been a problem. And then uh, one of our best players this year, Byron Buxton, our center fielder, also left a game uh, versus the Reds after getting hit in the head by a pitch, and he's suffering mild concussion symptoms. So, you know, this is an offensive – This is, I mean, if you take a look at how the Twins have scored runs this season, they have not been particularly proficient. A lot of that has been injuries. And it looks like, uh, you know, they could really use another week or two to get healthy, and unfortunately they're not going to have that time. So – would you say the strength of your team was the pitching staff or your offense? 
Yeah, it has been this year. Last year, Twins set a record for the most home runs ever hit by a Major League Baseball team. And the expectation was that they were going to continue rolling offensively this year. Uh, instead, what's happened is they've been very middle of the pack offensively, but they have the second best pitching staff in Major League Baseball, um, only just behind Cleveland, uh, or at least in terms of runs per game uh, given up, they have been. So, uh, yeah, the bullpen has been really strong all year, although it has been also shown a, a few cracks in its armor recently. And the starting pitching uh, has been very good as well. Uh, Kenta Maeda, who you guys, uh, well, actually won't, probably not. You, you might remember him from, I think you probably faced him in the uh, playoffs a few times. The Dodgers. Uh, from, the, from the Dodgers, that's mm-hmm. right. Uh, the Twins traded for him in the offseason, and he has really bloomed. Uh, 32-year-old really bloomed and has become almost an ace. It'll be very interesting to see how he performs in the playoffs. He has been... Uh, He's been, uh, you know, close to a no-hitter with the Twins, and uh, you take a look at his numbers. They, they are ace quality level. It's just a matter of whether or not he's going to be able to continue rolling like that in the playoffs. Yeah, I actually watched that game. I either watched the game or they had a live look in when mm-hmm. when he was throwing that no-hitter. Right. And I think he gave it up like the first pitch or something in the ninth inning, and it was over really fast. Yep, that's right. It was a little, it was a little line drive blooper over the second baseman's head that uh, Texas leader that happened to fall in. Yeah, I think he was already up to about 124 pitches or something. So <laughs> that is correct. I mean, yeah. the, the guy was gassed. He yep. was gassed, but you had to leave him in there. Right. And you, you said, did you talk about Jose? Is it Barrios? Barrios. Barrios. Yep. And he had a uh, yeah, solid season, yep. and it said he struggled against the Reds. And that that's going to be your game two pitcher. Yeah, he'll be the game two pitcher. He, uh, he had a slow start to the season. I think his ERA was close to seven, maybe five starts in, something like that. Mm-hmm. Really did well lately, and then didn't have a fantastic outing versus the Reds. It was okay, uh, but not a, not a real strong outing. And, you know, versus a Reds team that um, – you know, has struggled to hit, you would like to have seen a stronger outing from Barrios. But yes, he'll be the, the game two starters. And do you guys know who uh, the Astros are going to be trotting out for game two? Have they announced that yet? I don't know if they've announced it, but if I had to guess, I would say Urquidy. Okay. Because, because Lance McCullers Jr. pitched the other day where he would only be available for game three. Yeah, and we, Fran- we just- and we expect Granky in game one, and we expect McCullers in game three, but we've got some questions about game two. One of the speculations we're having here is that it might be Valdez, uh, because he's your left-handed starter, right, mm-hmm. in my understanding. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know how good he has been this year, you'll have to tell me, but the Twins have really struggled against left-handed pitching this year. And, you know, I just gave you five guys who are banged up and not looking real good. They're all right-handed hitters. You know, so, you know, you the, the remaining guys in the lineup are all left-handed. Uh, you know, you could, you, a left-handed pitcher might have quite a bit of luck versus the Twins in a short series. So if you haven't had a chance to see Framber Valdez pitch, uh, this dude, seven innings every game. Every game he gives them seven. Well, and he got the most movement. He's got the best stuff. But he, like last year, he struggled with his control. But this year, he's been real solid. And, uh, you know, he's not going to go shut you out. 
but he may give up three runs or so, but he's going to give you seven innings. And if I had to guess, I would think that because our game one pitcher is Grinky. Right. And in my opinion, and it may be unpopular with Astro fans, is he hasn't been our best pitcher recently. Uh, I think Framber's been the best one, and McCullers has been very good. But Grinky is Grinky, and so he's going to start game one. And, and I was just thinking that Framber Valdez will be in the wings waiting to see if, uh, you know, Grinky kind of gives up some runs there at the beginning of the game. Because sure. I honestly don't think the Astros can come back. And I said this in my last episode. If they give up three or four runs early, I don't know if they can come back because the offense just isn't there this season. But if Grinky's on, he's going to be tough to beat. Well, well one of the things the Twins will have, uh, that the Twins, think, I, I mentioned the left-hand pitching. I, I like the idea of having Valdez waiting in the wings as a left-hander in case you need it. I, I don't know exactly how, how strong you feel about some of the left-handers in your bullpen. I think one of the things the Twins are kind of counting on is they've been uh, exceptionally good at home this year. It's an odd thing to say when there's nobody in the stands, right? Uh, maybe it's just being uh, comfortable in the you know confines to get given all the crap that's going around and the pandemic and everything else. But there's something like 23 and six at home this year. It's been a or, or maybe that's that's a, that's about right. Maybe maybe 25 and six at home or 24 and seven, something like that. Some insane number. Uh, and so they, that's one of the reasons why, while you wouldn't need to pay much attention to the, you know, final series versus, uh, versus the Rangers, the twins had paid quite a bit of attention. We're paying quite a bit of attention to the reds uh, in part because uh, they were, they really cared about playing at home. And also because they, they were very interested in not facing the Yankees uh, which we've we've had a dismal playoff record against for the last uh, two decades, uh, and so the, they wanted to win the division to make sure that they wouldn't end up playing the Yankees. So these were my stats before uh, Saturday and Sunday's game when I did my last episode. Uh, the Astros are twenty and eight at home, and they finished the season twenty nine and thirty one. So they are <laughs> nine and twenty-three on the road, that something like about that. Right. Yeah, and I it, think and I've it, seen something similar. Yep. Yeah, and it just blows my mind. Well, and so I saw just were, just were clear. The Twins had the same problem. You know, really good record at home, dismal record on the road. Same, same, uh, same sort of situation. I was thinking it, it may be something to do with that. They have to, you know, it's game hotel game hotel and they're not at home i don't know what it is and i don't know why teams struggle on the road and how why they play better at home and that's the only thing i can think of yeah so you guys are i think for the astros we've had a lot of injuries this year but they weren't huge ones it's like this guy will be out for a couple of weeks and he comes back but i believe coming into the the playoffs, our lineup will be as strong as we can possibly make it. It may not be as good as it was last year. These guys aren't playing as good as they were last year. And, you know, a lot of other teams and fan bases believe they know why. But they're just not playing as well. But they are at full strength. Uh, our starting pitching, Grinky, Arkady, McCullers, and Framber have been great. 
And we also have Christian Javier, who's been doing great, but I know they have him listed as possibly coming out of the bullpen. And you talked about left-handed bullpen guys. If you do have Framber in there, we have Brooks Raley, who we got out of nowhere. I guess the Cincinnati Reds let him go. Okay. And we picked him up, and he's been outstanding. and I, I, Unbelievably outstanding. He, he, he uh, pitched five years in Korea. And we have uh, so we have Blake Taylor. I, I think the Astros have eleven guys in the bullpen that are rookies, and some of them didn't even pitch above A ball, but they got a lot of experience this year. Uh, Parades is a young kid. I think he's number sixty. He's he's not mm-hmm. a he's not a big guy, but he can he can hit in the high nineties. He's someone you'll see out there, and uh, Scrub. There's a guy, Andrew Scrub, that we traded Tyler White to the Dodgers for. And his ERA is about 190, and for a long time it was at zero. So he's pretty good. So everyone I named there, that's about all you should see. If we if if you see anyone else other than these guys, we're in trouble. Now we the Twins bullpen has also been sort of a similar story. A lot of names that we didn't really know. Certainly by the beginning of last season, we didn't know them. Uh, a lot of them kind of stuck or developed last year and made an impact this year. They had enough good arms that they could afford early on the season. Uh, Twins basically had three starting pitchers. and they, you know, they, they had seven starting pitchers on the roster. Something like four of them were hurt. So you saw a lot of bullpen games. You saw, you saw a lot of use by the, of the bullpen. Uh, but that didn't seem to hurt them much because they had enough arms that they weren't overusing any specific pitcher. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you'll see, what you'll see when you see them is first of all, they're almost all right-handed. There's not too many left-handed, the left-handed one, left-handed ones is, was named Caleb Thielbar, uh, who's also uh, somebody they signed from the independent league, I think twice. Uh, he, he was signed from the independent leagues, I think back uh, in the early, uh, like 2000, 2008, 2009, Played for the Twins for a few years, uh, then left the Twins, ended up uh, uh, bouncing around a little bit. I think was in the independent league again, was signed again, got back up to AAA, and then the Twins signed him last year, signed him over the offseason, and he's been there. So that's our left-hander guy. Uh, And then the other left-hander we have is our closer, uh, uh, Taylor Rogers. uh, who they don't really use as a left, not traditionally used as a sort of left-handed pitcher. but uh, he's been struggling a little bit in the closing role. And so you're more likely to see him. What I would say is you're more likely to see him in a high leverage situation where there's a few left-handers versus, um, you know, strictly in a closer role situation. Now you guys don't, I don't think have a lot of left-handed hitting. So, um, yeah, I, I don't know how much we would see of Taylor Rogers, but most of the, most of the uh, twins that you see will be right-handed. A lot of them throw sliders. <laughs> uh, you will see a lot of sliders from right-handed pitchers when you are facing the Twins. And, uh, and that'll be uh, something you can look for. In the Astros lineup, I'm just looking at it now, and I believe we have four. We have four lefties. We have uh, Brantley. Reddick, oh yeah, there's three: Brantley, Reddick, and Tucker. If yep, I'm correct, yeah, that's right. Yep, that's what that's what that's what I was thinking. I think. Yep. And I, I I had put a note 
down here to to let you know which hitters have been doing well this year, and that was Tucker, Springer, and Brantley. And then okay. we've had we've had some uh, surprisingly good offensive output from our catcher. Finally, uh, Martin Maldonado is ca- he's caught almost every game. I'm sure he'll catch every game in this series. And you may not think he's going to do anything, and he'll just you know crack a homer out of the, out of the blue on you. And uh, he's he's really a, a very loved player on the team. And mm-hmm. Kyle Tucker was like the top prospect who we called up last year and he was a dud. And then he goes back to triple a and has a 30, 30 season and they bring him up this year and he's just been phenomenal. Uh, George Springer who struggled early, sure. but, but he has turned it on. I have another podcast called Sunday Strohs and he was our player of the week, three weeks in a row now. So he's been doing very well. And, uh, I, I, Brantley, I mean, Brantley's just sure. Brantley, you know, but Altuve's struggling. Correa's kind of tailing off at the end. Yuli Gurriel has struggled all year. Josh Reddick is Josh Reddick. So I don't know. I mean, our offense hasn't really been there all year, and we've been blowing leads. Uh, the bullpen's been blowing leads. We don't have Roberto Osuna, so we have yeah. uh, Ryan Presley closing the games, and I think he's at least blown four or five of them. Yeah, well, so, and we are familiar with Ryan Presley because Ryan Presley, you, we traded Ryan Presley to you folks, right? Uh, two, two, three years ago. Yeah. So. So, uh, yeah, that's it. So let me ask you this: um, Y'all are also, I, I have this written down. Y'all are third in the American League in home runs, so maybe you hit a lot of those at the beginning of the season. Huh? I'm surprised we are that high. Uh, I know we are, and maybe that's American League, right? Yeah, um, it is. Yeah. I, I know. I know overall. Yeah, I know overall we're about middle of the pack in scoring runs, and in fact, I think we're even behind the Astros in in terms of uh, scoring runs this year. Um, yes. But 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 we still have we still have guys who can put it in the seats. That is absolutely true. I think a a, a large percentage of our our runs have come from, you know, long ball hitting. Yeah, I was kind of getting it. I wasn't really getting into it. I was being friendly. But somebody had posted that the Astros, you know, they, they're not banging on the trash cans anymore and that they can't score. And so I, I answered them. I said, the Astros have outscored the Indians, the Twins, all four teams in the NL Central. I think it's like eight other teams in the playoffs. The Astros have outscored them. So I told him, you're, you, you're not right. There's no way they're not scoring. The reason they're not as good is because they lost Garrett Cole. Uh, we lost Justin Verlander in game right. one of the season. Uh, we lost Roberto Alvarez. Osuna. We don't have <laughs> don't Alvarez. Alvarez. Right, yeah. yeah, but, you know, they don't see it. They, they want to say it is, and, uh, and that is – and uh, and that leads me into this question I have for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the twins, th- this was a story I read just earlier preparing for this episode. It said the twins are the heroes that Major League Baseball needs to take out the Astros. <laughs> Is that how you feel? Yep. You uh, can be honest. 
pissed. Look, I, uh, I, I, I talk bad about the Astros because I was really <laughs> against that cheating. So, you know, let it rip, I'll say, whatever you want to say. I'll say, I'll say this. I think that's absolutely going to be a storyline, right? I mean, I, I think that's going to be a national storyline. Twins fans don't care who they beat. They just want to beat somebody. Uh, the Twins have uh, are 0 for 6, their last 16 in playoff games. Mm. 0 for their last 16. They have not, uh, not only have they not won a series, they haven't won a game. They're 0 for 16 in games, not series. Mm. Um, so I don't think there's any, I mean, maybe there's some extra added incentive for, say, Rich Hill. Right. Who was, you know, on the Dodgers teams that lost to mm-hmm. uh, the Astros. Right. Or Kenta Maeda. Right. Or, you know, I don't know. Who else. But, you know, uh, Marwin Gonzalez, by the way, is on our team. That right? that was my next topic. <laughs> Tyler Clifford is on our team. I believe he was, uh, you know, a uh, an Astro on the 2017 team. Mm-hmm. I think. Uh, so <laughs> I don't know if it, I mean, I, I suppose there's a. Uh, I suppose there may be some extra added incentive, but the truth is, is that uh, from a fan standpoint, and I think from a player standpoint, uh, mm-hmm. they don't care. They don't care who they're beating. They just want to win some games, advance, and, uh, and you know, would it be a little bit extra sweet if they're they're, they're taking out the Astros? Well, maybe, but you know, not, <laughs> it'll be sweet enough one way or the other. It would have been sweet enough if it was the Blue Jays. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, I, you don't care who you win, who you beat, as long as you win. Right. Okay, so you talked about the former Dodgers that are on the same team with former Astros. Mm-hmm. And I had made it, I put a tweet out yesterday or this morning or something that's, you know, kind of taken off on its own. And it was that everyone hates the Astros players. Even though they did apologize, and it was very horrible, the, uh, what was it, the press conference they had, it was a wreck, it was horrible, it was bad, I understand that. And But I saw Marwin Gonzalez's uh, apology, and he was just in the dugout, you know, after they got busted, he's like, you know, I'm sorry, we shouldn't have did that. And so what I said is that it's weird that, the the guys that are no longer on the team, it seems like everyone's easily forgiven them. Like it's yeah, not right. a big deal. Right. But they hate the guys that are still there. Yeah. And it seems like they hate the guys that weren't even on the team. Like Michael Brantley yeah. was being booed in spring training. We have all <laughs> these. I mean, but they're taking the heat. So it's kind of like uh, I go I refer to Seinfeld, how they're booing laundry. And so I just want to know what what is the what did y'all think about Marvin Gonzalez's apology there in Minnesota? Yeah, we thought it was terrible uh, for the most part. So I was at spring training uh, covering the Twins at that time. I happened to have the first shift, and so it, that was the first day of spring training. Marvin before before spring training even really started, before the first day that uh, that they got out on the field, Marvin Gonzalez showed up, and there was a special press conference, and it was. Him talking for about a minute, and I think he took one or two questions, and then they just kind of shut it down, right? Um, he clearly was not comfortable talking about it. Uh, it was, I mean, it was as shallow, I guess, yeah. an apology as one could really make for it. Um, 
you know, and we did actually, you know, within a few days, we had Kenta Maeda show up, we had Rich Hill show up, and there were questions asked of them too, like, how do you feel about having Marlon Gonzalez on your team? Mm. And for the most part, the reaction from Rich Hill and Kenta Maeda and that thing was sort of like, uh, you know, that was then, and this is now, and now he's my teammate, and we gotta, we're gonna get along, and we're gonna be teammates. That's what, that's what's gonna happen. So I think that's part of the answer to your question. You know, I guess, I guess, and I think you're right. I think ultimately they're booing more the laundry than they are the individual people that were involved, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the, you know, they're there. It's easier to direct that ire towards symbols. And, and those symbols are those people who are wearing the uniform right now than it is, you know, to, I don't think I haven't, I mean, I don't remember in spring training, any twins fans at uh, Fort Myers at Jack Hammond stadium in Fort Myers booing Marwin Gonzalez because of his role in the 2017 uh, uh, playoffs, you know, or mm-hmm. 2017 season that just didn't happen. And in fact, a fair amount of uh, evidence that he was one of the prime benefactors of that. yes, that's yeah, what I was going to say. Was, right, I mean he, was, he he benefited from it as much as anybody. Not just not just seeing by how many times you know they ended up beating beating the trash can while he was at the plate, but by seeing the numbers that he put up in those situations. So yeah, so you got the trash can banging uh, Marvin Gonzalez. Then he and went the first year with you guys was 18, right? Didn't he go after 18? No, it was 19. He was last year. Oh, okay. He had the the big year in 2017 with the trash can. 2018, he was down a little bit. And 2019 and 2020, he's also kind of continued that decline. So, so what's Marwin's role on the team? He he was very Well, well liked here. I'll just yeah, say, and, I'll just and, give and, you that. And, and he's very well liked, I think, here as well. He was very well liked, certainly by the team. And, you know, he was well liked, I think, by the fans at the beginning, you know, as the 2019 season went. The truth is, is that he was signed when they already had a full roster. So he was kind of viewed as um, sort of a he's going to play all the time and give everybody a rest guy. You know what yeah. I mean? He's going to be the 10th player on the roster. But. Uh, you know, they signed him after they already had figured out that uh, Miguel Sano was not going to be starting the season with the Twins. He had an injury to, that he had sustained in the Dominican um, Dominican League. Actually, it was after they'd won the Dominican League. It was uh, on the, in the parade celebrating the Dominican League. He hurt his, hurt his, uh, his uh, heel. Or, he, yeah, hurt his um, ankle, I guess. And... Um, so he ended up playing, you know, a lot of third base for the first six weeks. And basically that's what he just kept filling in whenever somebody was hurt mm-hmm. all of 2019. And that's been his role in 2020. Josh Donaldson has missed well over a month of the, you know, 10 week season. Uh, so he played a lot of third base for the twins. Luis Arise at second base has been missing a lot of time with uh, knee problems. Marwin Gonzalez has filled in a lot there. Uh, he's played a little bit in the outfield when, uh, when uh, Byron Buxton, has been out at center field. They'll move our, our right fielder over to center field, and Marwin Gonzalez would be, be a right-handed or switch-hitting hit, uh, corner outfielder. So he's been, I think, very similar role to what he had in Houston. I think everybody here wanted to re-sign him, but I believe that he thought his worth was a little higher right. than the Astros yep. probably thought it was. So they well, really – <laughs> 
that off season was also one where a lot of people were signing, had to sign for much less than they expected. And he yeah. was one of them. We, they, the twins signed him a week into spring training in uh, 2019. The spring training had already started before uh, Marwin Gonzalez got signed with the team, maybe, maybe two weeks into spring training uh, yeah. before he signed with the team. So yeah, it was a, it was a, just a two year deal and uh, he'll be a free agent at the end of this year. I know the the money, like I said, the money was a little different. He was wanting more. His expectations were higher. And uh, so before, you know, they could meet it, they didn't even try to meet his price because they, they already knew it was going to be too high. Yeah. And so they signed the Ledmus Diaz and they no longer needed him. Yeah. They got Michael yeah. Brantley and Ledmus Diaz. They no longer needed him. But then, like you said, when y'all signed him, the money was down to where we would have taken him. Like if, yeah. if that, if yeah, that was his done. asking price to begin with, we'd still have him, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I can see that. Yep. Yeah. I mean, that was, that was, that was the off season where everybody was kind of wondering just what the hell was going on because so mm-hmm. many people were, I mean, I think uh, that's the off season where Keiko ended up yep. not signing at all until, uh, till June or July till after the draft happened. So. Yeah. He waited till, uh, I guess that he, that people don't get a pick, a compensation right. pick or something. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Yep. So, so let me ask you this: When we played Washington in the World Series last year, and I, I've always I always admit this on the show that I know nothing, and I've, I think I already said it earlier. I know nothing about other teams, and so when we when we faced it, it was either when we faced them or when I was watching them in the NL Championship. But they had that baby shark thing going. That was their big deal. Did the twins have anything, you know, that the fan? Well, there's no fans, so. Right. <laughs> there, I was gonna say, is there anything we can look forward to? But I guess not. What a dumb question. No, last last year there were the twins. Every time they go to the postseason, they have something called Homer hankies that they put out there, and the twins had had the Homer hankies and stuff, and they had a lot of identity around something called the Bomba Squad. That was sort of the team's name. Bombas are home runs. Uh, and so they, they like, uh, they sort of, uh, you'll, you'll probably still hear a lot about the Bomba squad. Uh, mm-hmm. but the truth is, is that they, they haven't hit like that, uh, this year. So, so let, let's go over this real quick. I'll, I'll just, uh, if you just give me a few more minutes of your time sure. you got to it. go, to go over the matchups. Cause okay. like I said, I, I know nothing. So I'm, I think you may know more than me. You may keep up with other teams, uh, Tampa Bay and Toronto. Who do you see winning that? Yeah, I just I can't believe that. I mean, first of all, I'll just preface all of these by saying in a three-game series, who knows, right? <laughs> you know, it, it, you know, a, the worst team comes out, it takes a series from a better team all the time, right? In a three-game series, yes, every, you're right. Uh, that said, I, I think you got to go with Tampa Bay. I, I don't, to be honest with you, I haven't seen that much of Toronto lately. You know, similar to you guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. we only played the NL Central and the AL Central this year. Right. You know, we didn't play the Blue Jays. We didn't play uh, the Rays. Uh, but I have to imagine that the Rays are going to be pretty heavy favorites for them. The next matchup, you should know a little bit about it. And, and it goes to what you just said. A short series, awesome pitching. And I hope they win Cleveland over New York. Yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I can see that Cleveland happening. Knock off New York. Yeah, I can see that happening, too. Uh, Yankees have, uh, I don't know if you, how much you've been following the Yankees, but they were really banged up all year, really, really hurt. 
they've got back, you know, Stanton and Judge and uh, Ursula and a bunch of other uh, fo- folks about two weeks ago and immediately went on a tear. Mm-hmm. And then they ended up losing, what, eight of their last nine games or seven of their last nine games or something uh, here at the end, uh, making everybody wonder what is going on with that team. So, uh, and I will tell you I, about Cleveland. Uh, Cleveland's pitching is absolutely uh, lives up to the uh, hype, uh, but they're, their uh, offense and lineup is absolutely – there's a reason why they didn't win the AL Central, and it's because their <laughs> lineup has really been a problem. Now, I understand they're coming in fairly hot. I think they've won something like seven of their last nine games or something. I know they went on a real, a real good run there at the end. Uh, the last time we saw Cleveland, we swept them, and that was two weeks ago. Hmm. And, and we did it because they just could not hit. Uh, and that was the case throughout the season. Twins took, I think, seven out of ten from Cleveland, seven and three versus Cleveland this year. Yeah. And uh, and and I, I when I watched those games, I often listened to the the uh, opposing announcer radios. Uh, if you get a chance, Cleveland's radio announcers are absolutely fantastic. Really, really good. Uh, they are clearly so frustrated with the lack of offense that that team has. Uh, I believe it's obvious. I believe the first matchup is Bieber against Garrett Cole. Yeah, so that's going to be something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And, the, so and they'll the, throw two more great pitchers at, at games two and three. So that'll, yeah. be, that'll be something. And and Bieber is, uh, we watched Bieber uh, early in the season pitch just an absolute gem against the Twins. Just looked dominant. Uh, the Twins did beat him, though, and hit the third time they faced him this year. So. Okay, should we just skip Minnesota and Houston? <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> I think we've covered that one. Um, so we got the A's and the White Sox. So that's a team we play against a team you guys play. And I thought the White Sox were good, and they ended up finishing, I think, seventh, and the A's finished second. Uh, the A's have decent starting pitching and a very, very good bullpen and a lot of power. Pretty good team. Yeah, well, uh, you know more about the A's than I do. I, I, I was when we were looking at playoff matchups, the A's were one of the teams that I wasn't all that worried about. The White Sox, yeah, they finished as the seventh seed, but they finished one game back of the Twins. If mm-hmm. the uh, if the White Sox win on Sunday, uh, and they came back from a ten to one deficit to make it ten to eight in the eighth and ninth inning versus the Cubs, if they win that game, they win the AL Central, and you guys are playing them. Yeah. Okay. So, so uh, the, uh, it, it, it was just that bunched at the top of the AL Central. Uh, they, the White Sox are a really good hitting team. They've got Lucas Giolito as their ace starting pitcher at, at the top and Dallas Keuchel as their uh, number two. After that, it drops off quite a bit. They've got a lot of young hitters. And um, some of those young hitters have had really, really good first half of the season, but a lot of them have faded here in the second half of the season as the league has figured them out a little bit. Mm-hmm. And so they, they really stumbled into the playoffs, losing something like eight of their last nine or seven of their last eight, something like that, to blow the AL Central. They, they thought they had the AL Central wrapped up, and they really only needed to win two games to do it, and they didn't. They won one game out of their last eight. Yeah, it's tough to gauge. That, that's what's intriguing about this season is that they don't play common opponents. And the A's did win the AL West, but the AL West is probably the worst division in baseball. 
possibly. So, you know, who knows? I, I think the Chicago White Sox, they probably don't have a lot of playoff experience. The A's seem to choke every season. They make the wild card and lose. So, I don't know. It would be interesting, too, because because whoever comes out of this Twins-Astros series is going to face whoever comes out of that A's-White Sox series. That'll be the second round. Interesting. Yeah. So, if if, if, if the uh, Twins get past Houston, which I'm sure you believe they will, do you would you rather play the A's or the White Sox? I'd rather play the White Sox. <laughs> you know what you're getting. See, when we're talking about our playoff uh, possibilities, most of us we were just wanting to play Oakland again. You know, we already yeah. know. We already know we can. We know. actually kind of felt the opposite. In general, we would rather face a new team. It feels like with the White Sox and Cleveland know us too well at this point, and we know them too well. But I just. I don't have that much. I, I the way the White Sox faded at the end of the season, uh, the fact that we are talking, you know, the second round is going to be five games in a row, no off days. So you're not going to be able to rely on, you know, an ace pitcher for two, two starts, two, three starts, a couple mm. of ace pitchers. Uh, you know, their rotation drops off a lot after uh, Giolito uh, and even after Keiko. So, you know, I don't know who is starting games three and four for them when they have to play five games in five days. And I feel like that's something that Twins could take advantage of. So round two should be the guys with the deepest rotation. Yeah, um, round two and round three, because that's oh. seven games in seven days. Yep. <laughs> it's going to be brutal. So let's yeah, slide over fun. to the National League. I know nothing about it. I know the Dodgers are number <laughs> one, and they, they won a ton of games. They play Minis- uh, Milwaukee, who has a losing record. And and I would assume the Dodgers will win that. You got any different yeah, opinions? I think so too. No, I think so too. We saw Milwaukee. Milwaukee was not very impressive. We played and, six games versus Milwaukee. And then we have another uh, San Diego against St. Louis. And I would just assume San Diego would win that as well. Which, if you agree with that, that would be a Dodger Padre matchup in the second round, which would be great TV. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Just I I don't know much about the Padres other than, you know, they've got the young talent and they got real hot and hit a bunch of grand slams. And, you know, that's mm-hmm. that that was very, the story, the storyline early in the season. Slam Diego. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, Cardinals are an impressive team. Uh, you know, Twins face them a couple times. They don't have a lot of offense. Uh, they don't have you know, outstanding pitching. They are just a good, solid team, though. And for them to end up you know, with an above 500 record, to end up second place in the NL Central, mm-hmm. even after you know, the, you know, having to play as many games as they did in a short a time after having you know, a couple weeks off from COVID, I think that's a, a, probably an underrated team. Uh, so I wouldn't be too surprised to see them uh, pull off an upset there. And this is how little I pay attention to National League Baseball. Miami Marlins are good. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, well, I, a, I didn't they, even they know. Had a, they, they had a hot start to the season, beginning of the season. And then, I mean, they ended up having to sit out for like two weeks, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for Again, for COVID. And then they made up a bunch of games. And to be honest with you, the rest of that NL East really ended up being disappointing. I think people expected a lot more from the Phillies, from the Mets from the Nationals, and all three of those teams ended up being kind of garbage. Uh, you know, my wife is unfortunately a Phillies fan, 
Uh, their mm. bullpen ERA was something like seven collectively. The whole bullpen's ERA was like seven. Uh, so, you know, I think the Marlins might be sort of the – and Marlins finished about 500, I think, to, to win it, to get mm. in. Um, ultimately, I, I think uh, I think I, I like the Cubs a lot more than the Marlins. And that, that's not really going out on a, on a, yeah. a, a, a limb. Okay, and the next matchup, I believe just from, you know, reading and watching highlights, uh, I think this is probably the most intriguing matchup of the first yeah. round in the National League, Atlanta and Cincinnati. Yeah, I agree with you. Yep. Uh, you know, Reds have some real good pitching, and they know it. Mm-hmm. Um, they have struggled offensively, but we saw them get enough big hits versus the Twins. And uh, they also played some good defense uh, in their infield. Uh, again, I know them a little better just because we saw them last weekend. I don't know how that much about the Braves. I still think you've got to get, I still would presume the Braves would be fairly heavy favorites, but uh, yeah, the Reds could easily in a three game series with their pitching mm-hmm. uh, take two of the two or two of the three of those games. Yeah. I know. I always say that pitching wins playoff games and now with no days off, uh, it's. It, I think it's going to play a huge factor, and I'm looking at that Cincinnati possibly to upset them, even though Trevor Bauer is um, is probably Astros' enemy number one. That guy really gives us a hard time. So let me ask you this. If you could have a ticket to see any one of these matchups besides the Houston-Minnesota one, which one would you want to go see? Mm. I'd probably go with Cleveland Yankees. I'd love to see the Yankees lose. Uh, and I'd love to see Cleveland, Cleveland beat them. So, and, and I mean, I will tell you the watching some of those Cleveland pitchers is, uh, especially when watching Bieber is, is worth the price of admission. Well, John, that's all I have for you. I appreciate well, you thanks, coming Robert. on. Good talking to you. I had a lot of fun. I'm really glad you said yes, and I was pressed for time. I got to work in the morning. I had to get this done, and thankfully we did. And thankfully that uh, you said yes and came on. I really, really appreciate it. My pleasure. All right, guys, we'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in to Astros Baseball. Thanks for listening to this episode of Astros Baseball. Make sure to subscribe so that way you will be alerted when there is a new episode. Follow Rob on Twitter at Rob Fontenot. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.